Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. Then love, true love, will follow you forever. She's out of our hair And just when I dare to care She says, au contraire You're my pair of friends I love you <laughs> Keep it together, man! This is where the fun begins. <laughs> it's like we never left. Welcome to Dearly Debated, the show where you're entitled to your opinion even if it's wrong. I I am your I'm I'm your host, uh, Nathaniel. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Ah, I am your host, Nathaniel Puwav Levinson. I am Ashley Miss Congeniality Thomas. Qualified John. And I am Greg. Just can't make up my mind, friends. <laughs> <laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. We back. It's 2021. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. <laughs> it's, it, it's happened. Uh, so we got. So hopefully the sound quality goes well because we got uh, Ashley virtually. But it seems I, it sounds good on my end. It looks good in my levels. So hopefully it's actually good. Soundboard is working. Hello there. So we are good to go. I, unfortunately, because we were recording a day earlier than we had planned to, I ha- I haven't swapped any of my stuff out. Um, so I still got horror stuff. You're half hillbilly. I just. <laughs> <laughs> like you do, but of course we have the one that that needs to stay. Why? The question that we'll be asking ourselves a lot. Why? But so today we're going to be talking about rom coms. Rom coms. Well, you know what? I didn't prepare a uh, a a bit of satire for this. So why don't we just say, uh, how was everyone's holidays? Holidays good. I stayed in town for Christmas and New Year's. I uh, actually spent it over here with you. Yes, you did. Christmas morning it was fun. Um, and Christmas Eve we ate way too much sushi. 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 Um, oh, that was great. So it was a good time. Very relaxing. Let's see, I got I got an Oculus. So I've been doing some virtual reality stuff. That's been a lot of fun. Again. I feel like a little kid playing around in that thing. Um, <laughs> but it was, it, was a, it was a good time. A good time. Just coming back um, out of uh, COVID. Had the Rona. And this is first day back visiting the real world. How was that for you? Because uh, my little brother Joel also got it, and he just had a bad sore throat. Yeah, I didn't even have that. Uh, the very first couple days, I had I, what I guess you could call achiness, but also I just played in a huge volleyball tournament, and I normally feel pretty sore and dead after that, so I couldn't really... The only real symptoms I ever got were loss of taste and loss of smell. You Other did get that, those. That did. sounds and, miserable. And it, it, was, it was annoying just because, especially like uh, Ashley, amongst other cool church people, uh, set up a food drop-off, which was amazing, 
and I was excited to make sandwiches and eat food, and that was right when like all, all all things went out the window, and I was like, oh, I don't even have a desire to eat anymore. <laughs> like I could be eating, you know, bananas and spinach mixed together and just like as a soup, and just be like, this is really healthy. This is all I'll eat. That is um, a bummer. Yeah, and it, it, Me. smell has come back. I would say about not a whole lot, 20%, and taste is pretty much back, 80%. I think once you get the smell back, the rest of the taste will come back. Yeah, because taste, uh, smell is a very Those large portion of taste. Integrated, yeah. yeah. Well, that stinks, but at least this didn't happen. I came for you. Yeah, so at least you didn't <laughs> meet Candyman, <laughs> although you would have gotten to meet Tony Todd, and that's a good way to go in my book. Um, <laughs> Ashley, how was uh, how was your Kermis? How was Kermis with the, uh, with the Tomases? Uh, uh, House Thomas had a pretty quiet Christmas. We stayed in town as well. Uh, we did help uh, pet sit for some friends that were out of town. So uh, we took care of some dogs, took care of some cats, got to eat good food and chill. So it was it was nice. It was just quiet. Yeah, quiet. That's all I can say. <laughs> we have not gotten Rona, praise be to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, trying to be cautious and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christmas at Clan Levinson was good, but delayed. Uh, yeah. So Greg was here for for during Christmas, but uh, we didn't get to do Christmas on Christmas because, again, uh, little brother Joel he got Rona, so he was delayed in his coming up. And then when he w- he tested negative, but then his wife got it, obviously, mm. and so we had to wait till they were negative before they could come up. So we we celebrated Christmas on like the twenty the thirtieth, on like the thirtieth. But it was fine. We I mean we left a tree up until like <laughs> last week, so. It is. I feel like it's been a weird Christmas for everyone. Yeah. Weird. It's, it's definitely not normal. Let's, uh, yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's not the new normal because like... Uh, this is getting out I of hand. Oh, it's nice to have a soundboard. Good. It feels, it feels right. It just feels right. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about rom-coms. Now this is a genre that I, I, I have had actually watched more than I thought I had. But most of the the big ones I had never watched. Not because I don't like them, just because I just I never sat down and watched them. Which is funny because my dad loves rom coms. Like all of his top ten movies are rom coms, except for Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Out of left field, <laughs> right? But that's like that's like the dad movie. One can make the argument. <laughs> but like every dad loves Shawshank Redemption. I, I mean, it's a great movie, so I can't blame him. It's a fantastic movie. But it's just pretty funny. It's like rom-com, 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 Shawshank, rom-com, rom-com. <laughs> so uh, the first thing I, I, I kind of, the first question I kind of want us to field, which I think might be the most controversial aspects of this podcast, not just for necessarily for us, but just in general, is uh, how would you, how do you define a rom-com? What makes a rom-com a rom-com? Yeah, I guess it's um, an interesting. It's because I mean I think you have there's a large spectrum, right? Because mm-hmm. because you do have ones that are you, you'd probably say okay, well that's more just like a rom- romance or a drama. I think a romantic drama is probably the closest you'll get to rom com. Where you might say no, that's that's not a rom com. That at that point there's no there's not enough com. <laughs> it's like every movie is going to have some <laughs> element of of funny, and so you're really like okay, at what point are you like okay, this is this is goofy enough to be considered a romantic comedy and not just some kind of drama. And that's hard. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I have an answer for you. Ash? So uh, I I was kind of a... Because my, my background's in uh, literature, and so I think about genre a lot. So I was kind of thinking at it uh, from the context of we've got... So obviously, if there's rom, there's romance involved, which, you know, is, of course, important. 
um, in a rom-com. If you're going to look at the word comedy, you could look at it from the um, kind of the Greek or even like Shakespearean um, definition. Like So like in Greek plays, you have dramas and you have, or no, excuse me, you have tra- tragedies and you have comedies. Those are your two genres. Uh, comedies were basically anything that wasn't a tragedy. Right. Um, so, which I think for, for our purposes is not necessarily a good definition. So comedy is going to have some humor, um, but I think the tone of the film is probably going to be lighter, just in general. Even if it's got more rom than com, you're just going to have a lighter tone. Because, like, I think of, like, if you were to take two different rom-coms, uh, let's say, for example, something like She's the Man, where there's some romance involved, but that's mostly a comedy, and it's really, really funny. That's also based on Shakespeare. But then you put it side by side with something like You've Got Mail, which has a good bit of humor in it, but it's more about the romance. Mm-hmm. But I think where where I kind of define rom-com is you've got... It's basically a story of how two people fall in love. And that can look a lot of different ways. It could be a meet-cute or a... Uh, um, you know, friends to lovers, or I mean, I'm just gonna start listing all these fan fiction tropes now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. So, so that that's kind of where I I mm-hmm. lay the definition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be a, a story about how two two people fall in love. So, uh, but it's gonna be have a have a lighter uh, tone. Yeah, yeah. So so for me, I, I think I'm I think I'm pretty much on board with with where you are. Right, because comedy is comedy is a very broad category. I think romance would be considered a more narrow category. Because for, for me, to give something the romance tag, it's not just that it has a romance in it; it's that the romance is a central plot point. So, the first Matrix. This is, is going to sound weird. The first Matrix Whoa. is not a romance movie. The second Matrix is a romance movie, and here's why. The first Matrix, the whole point of the movie is about Neo and the Matrix and him waking up and becoming the one, right? The second movie is 100% driven by his love for Trinity and mm-hmm. trying to save her. That is the entire point of the second movie. Right. So I would argue that the first one is, you know, a, a action philosophical sci-fi. action sci-fi movie. And the second one is a romantic philosophical action sci-fi movie. Right. Um, so I think I think if the if a romance between two protagonists is a central point of the plot that everything else kind of like builds around, theme. yes. Yeah. If, if it's a central theme, it doesn't have to be the only theme. But if it's the central theme, right, then that's a romance. Mm-hmm. And for comedy, I think if the intention is to make you laugh, right, the intention is to generate laughter with that lighter tone, with those jokes, whether it's slapstick or dialogue or whatever. You know, the intention of comedy is different than the intention of drama. So, you know, there are dramas that have funny bits. And like, right, because we watched Us, which is definitively a horror movie, not a comedy at all. Mm-hmm. But it has funny moments in it. It has funny dialogue in it. It had things that made me laugh that were humorous. But that is not a comedy. So, no. <laughs> for me, a comedy, the, the primary intention... <laughs> the primary intention is to draw laughter or, or make fun of or to make fun, period. And that's how you can have stuff like black comedy that are not light necessarily light in tone but are making light of certain things to elicit a certain response in the same way that a tragedy elicits a response by being tragic and obviously you can have overlap you have dramatic comedies and you can have funny dramas 
Um, but I think that when, if you look at the underlying intention, it's the, the better indicator of what, whether it's a comedy or not. Um, so for me, a romantic comedy is a comedy movie where the central plot element is a romance. So for me, even though I don't think most people would categorize it like this, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is a romantic comedy. It's a comedic action movie where the central point of the movie, the whole plot point of the movie, is about this romance between Scott Pilgrim and, Ram and Ramona Flowers. So I would argue that that's a rom-com. I can see that. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I that, wouldn't have thought about it that way, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, think, get, I, get I, I think my definition is broader than most, than the, the commonly accepted one, I should say, which I guess I think the commonly accepted one is that rom-coms are more or less synonymous with chick flicks or what, what's the, the, you know, the chick flick yeah, where, it's, what, yeah. where it's like the guy meet guy and girl and it's about the romance and it's usually a little more saccharine. Um, not always, but usually, right? That, that kind of, when we're going to get into tropes and cliches later so i don't want to harp on that too much but i feel like people are like well is it this kind of movie right you've got mail which i loved by the way uh you've got mail when harry met Sally. if it's one of those kinds of movies that's a rom-com it's something where it's like oh this guy's fighting seven dudes that's not a rom-com right but i would argue some you know three of my favorite movies uh princess bride court jester and um scott pilgrim i would argue princess bride and scott pilgrim are rom-coms court jester while it is very very funny and it contains a romance is not a rom-com because the central element is not a rom is not the romance between uh danny k and um uh i'm forgetting her name between danny k and the primary female lead but the point of that one is the overthrow of this usurper king that's the point of that one so to me what makes it a romantic comedy it's a comedy funny movie where the central element is driven by a romance between two characters i think that's a good way to put it because and I think that that quickly rules out a bunch of movies that you would consider to be romantic movies that just might have some comedy in it. But like you, right. you like something like have you ever seen Garden State? It's a very hipster type movie. Um, Zach Braff. Uh, oh, okay. That's, yeah. say, that's a. Um, I want to say either uh, is is it that's a Wes Anderson movie, right? Or is it Coen Brothers? No, I think Zach Braff actually. I think he might have directed it. Oh, I uh, I, 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 I believe I've seen it. Um, but it's been a while. It is very, like, you know, indie, hipster type. You know, it's got a good soundtrack. But it, a movie like that, it, it's like, it, I mean, it's a romantic movie. You know, he, he comes back to the town he used to live in because his mom passes away and he meets this really goofy, weird girl. It's it's funny. It's got a lot of really funny themes because she's very goofy and weird and he's just, like, overly uptight. But ultimately, it's a very serious, like, you know, the, the themes they're going through are kind of serious and it's very hipster there's a lot of just like parts where there's like a lot of music and there's nothing really happening and so like i wouldn't look at that and be like that's particularly a rom-com although there's several points that are really funny and intentionally funny like you said it's not a comedy that has romantic themes it's a movie that's a drama that is that has a romantic theme driving it that it just happens to have some comedy in there so i wouldn't consider i don't think anybody's jumping out and saying this is a rom-com yeah mm -hmm. so so yeah so my, my my definition casts a broader net but i also like to think it's it's easier to define because you say is it a comedy check is it central around a romance between two of the major characters check then it's a rom-com and and obviously again genres blend you can't generally most things will not fit into one genre box um and aren't intended to uh because stories aren't generally conveying a single thing right they're 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 complex they have layers and and uh they're like an onion um <laughs> Oh, well, all I'm saying is Shrek is the best Shrek movie. Could be a it's, I, any movie, you know, I saw that movie. It's no Shrek 2. Uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, so uh, so I watched so many rom-coms this week, and I, I watched like I tried to watch a wide span. Obviously, uh, the golden age of rom-coms is considered to be the '90s to the 2000s. <clears throat> so most of the ones I watched were from there. Meg Ryan was in, I think, three or four of the ones I watched. Uh, she's so great. She, she did. She, uh, she did quite a number. She did quite a number, and she doesn't seem to age. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's remarkable. Hey, she's and she's great. What's his name? Hugh Grant. I think I might be in love with him. He's fantastic. He's you know, so it's, it's funny. I was thinking about it, like you know, I, I I love Chris Hemsworth for his body, but I think uh, I love Hugh Grant for his uh, personality, I, at least as portrayed in film. You know, the character he normally the plays. the character he he plays yeah. the kind of uh, goofy British. He's he is good, and and he's, most most movies I watch him in, I think he's, yeah. he's very likable. Yeah, two weeks notice yeah. was fantastic. I mean, Sandra Bullock is great. I love Sandra Bullock. She was she was fantastic right. in that movie. So so uh, two weeks notice was great, and I just watched uh, Kate and Leopold. Which was great, and uh, Notting Hill was hilarious. Notting Hill was great. Uh, that was <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Another good soundtrack. Though. Yeah, uh, it was funny. So uh, Notting Hill and, and Kate and Leopold, I was planning to watch today, and I got started a little later than I wanted to, so I actually watched them on the faster speed in the VLC player. Something like that. It, it was fine. There were a couple of lines of dialogue that were delivered really. Uh, there were a couple of, especially in Notting Hill when he's with his family and they're just like rapid fire shooting up dialogue. <laughs> There are a couple things where I was like, ah, I didn't quite catch that. But I thought that, I, yeah, that one was really fun. They got away with multiple F-words in a PG-13 movie, which was interesting. I thought the rule was that you could only have one. One of them was written. So like at the very beginning of the movie, he's telling his his uh, his, his terrible Welsh uh, roommate. Um, <sighs> he's so funny. He's pretty funny. <laughs> he, he's like trying on all these shirts and they're terrible. He's like, don't wear that shirt, don't wear that shirt. He finally says one like, uh, I'm lucky to be the most beautiful girl in the world. And he's like, great. And then he turns around to walk back up the stairs and the back of the church says, fancy a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, uh... Oh, that explains it all. And then when his sister meets uh, Andy Scott, he says something like, holy fuck, <laughs> or something like that. So so they, they got away, technically speaking, they got away with two. And I did check the box. I was like, wait a minute. I checked the box multiple times. It's PG-13. Hey, Leopold was just adorable. <laughs> Yeah, that that uh, that is one I've not seen. I have seen Two Weeks Notice, but it's that was actually that one. And You've Got Mail were the uh, first two movies we watched on the inaugural uh, Girl Movie Night, ah. like three or four years ago. Nice, well, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, four years. Yeah, so so You've Got Mail was great. So okay, so You've Got Mail and When Harry Met Sally were both great movies. Um, and I had the same problem with both of them, which was not it, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the movie. But I'm I'm. Watching You've Got Mail, and <laughs> Tom Hanks is narrating it. And I'm like, why is Woody in this movie? <laughs> and the same thing with when Harry went silent. I was like, Mike Wazowski is really angry. <laughs> this is the problem when you voice act and you act as yourself. I, I, I only hear that character that you played. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Tom Hanks has been in so many movies, dude. Yeah. I know, <laughs> Do you I know. Just think, you I know. think Woody's yes. for every single yes. movie? Yes, Jeez. that's what I'm telling you. Every time Tom Hanks is in a movie, I'm like, man, Woody was stuck on that beach for, well, stuck on that island for a long time. <laughs> a little crazy. <laughs> it's a box. <laughs> you are a toy. Wilson. Uh, oh yeah, I, that is not not a thing I did, but it took it took me a second. I was like, why do I know Billy Crystal's voice? I know he's Miracle Max. Like he's Miracle but... Max, and he's Mike Wazowski. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was I like, ah, wanting... oh, there it is, there it is. <laughs> I kept wanting to say too Greek. That's, what's, that's one of my favorite lines in Monster Secrets. He's just like pacing around the house, coming up with uh, escape plans. He's like giant catapult, too obvious. Uh, tunnel with spoons. Take too long. Giant wooden horse, too Greek. 
Alcavar. <laughs> that that is a great movie. That is awesome. The it's first Monsters of, Inc. Is... and oh, you were just oh, and Shrek. I know two different ones. They're not both uh, Pixar, but those are two good old ones we've referenced already. That are excellent. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you say that Shrek is a rom com? Now we we I've kind of like taken animated movies out of this, mm-hmm. but um, oh, also on Jeopardy today they reference the Swan Princess. Oh, yeah. What else? Oh, what there else? you go. And I couldn't get the answer because my brain was saying the answer was Odette, and my brain was just saying, "What else is there?" I'm like, no, that's not the answer. <laughs> that's all that was that's in all, your head. I, uh, wait, I have Odette. it on here. Uh, when the frog was croaking, Odette. Odette when John Bob. Yeah, Odette. I I Odette. love John Bob. I, what else uh, is there? <laughs> so that's what book. that's from. I've still never yeah. seen this. Oh my gosh, we have to see this movie. It's awesome. The second two, right. not as awesome. Oh. Moving on. I uh, uh, just wanted to. Uh, there's one more rom com I wanted to mention because it was I think unique in all the rom coms I, I watched, and that was City Lights with Charlie Chaplin. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I, I, I just went all the way back, 1931. Apparently, he, it was like written, directed by Charlie Chaplin, and he did most of the music for it. And because the jazz singer came out in 1927, and that was the first film with sound or with with dial, spoken dialogue. Mm. And he made the decision after most movies had been like, "Oh, we can do voices now. We can, they're not. They're no longer. They're talkies now. They're no longer silent films. We can. You know, th- nobody was making silent films anymore. And Charlie Chaplin chose to." Do this as a silent film. And so it's about Charlie Chaplin, who is a tramp, just like a, this homeless guy who falls in love with this blind flower seller and befriends this millionaire who gets really drunk and is friends with him. But whenever he sobers up, he doesn't remember who Charlie Chaplin is. So it's like them going back and forth. And there's one brilliant scene. It's like half Looney Tunes cartoon. Because it's Charlie Chaplin. So it's like a bunch of slapstick and silly stuff happening. And half like really heartfelt, uh, really endearing uh, love story. Um, but there was this one scene where I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is this is like the archetype of Looney Tunes. Ha- he goes to have this boxing match uh, to win some money because her rent is due and she can't pay. So <laughs> he's like boxing this guy. And it's just, it's exactly what you would think would happen if Bugs Bunny got into the ring. If Bugs Bunny, <laughs> like he's, he's, he's staying behind the ref. He keeps swashing, swapping places with the ref and ringing the bell when he's not supposed to. And oh my gosh. And it goes on for like five minutes and it's hysterical. It was it was a really funny movie. It was definitely it was definitely the most unique movie I I, I watched of all the rom. Um, so, <clears throat> with that said, let's talk about our favorite rom com and why. Ooh. And I'll start since I know what it is. It's The Princess Bride, one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's just it is a perfect movie. I can't think of anything I dislike about the movie that I would I would want them to do different. The framing, the way it's framed, the old uh, the old guy reading the book to uh, the kid, and the way he's just like doesn't die you know <laughs> just just everything about it all the acting is perfect Wallace Shawn apparently was you know nervous about the role because he can't he was like I can't do an Italian accent and was it directed by Rob Reiner yes yes yeah. Rob Reiner yeah so and Rob Reiner was just like no your voice is perfect you're, you're perfect it's just as some of my favorite <laughs> scenes I you know not a day goes by where I don't quote something from that you keep using the horn I don't think it means what you think it means. That's that's one of my go-tos. Like I, I say that all the time. Inconceivable. Mm-hmm. I just I that movie is perfect, and I think it's a great romantic movie because it's 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 not just oh they meet and they fall in love. It's like they had this relationship where they were together for a long time, and and he figures out that he's he's totally into her, and she's totally into him, and then they get separated. And so it's about them them finally getting back together. Um, speaking of the Princess Bride. 
Did you, did you know that uh, Quibi, which is dead, Rip Quibi, uh, they did right. a Princess Bride thing? Yeah, yeah, for, for charity. Like, yeah. they got a bunch of different, yeah, bunch uh, actors, of different actors to they, record at yeah. home. They posted the yeah. whole thing on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, yes. I will go watch it. It's yes. exciting. So that's, that is my favorite rom-com. I just think it's a perfect movie, and it's infinitely quotable, and it's just everyone likes that movie. Even if they don't think they do, everyone likes that movie. That's that's my vote. For I haven't gotten a whole lot of bad feedback from Prince. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 only feedback you'll ever get is that it was quote unquote overhyped. But that's because that's because anytime people talk of a movie, you always feel underwhelmed when you want people talk it up too much. But it's a fantastic. Movie. The the only person I've ever heard say they don't like that movie is my mother. Oh my god. But, my my mother she she uh, well um, <laughs> she, <laughs> uh oh <laughs> uh, mom she's it, joking <laughs> it, she just doesn't really like I don't know she doesn't love absurdist humor or anything like that and I don't think she understood that it was supposed to be like a comedy or whatever I was like mom this is hilarious why don't you like this and she's like it was just dumb I'm like. Mother. <laughs> but it wasn't. It's brilliant. It's well constructed. It, it's not a dumb comedy. Yeah, I, I don't know. My my parents and I have grossly different tastes <laughs> in film. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a shame. Yeah. What is your favorite uh, rom com and why? If oh, you had gosh. to pick one, I mean, like off the top of your head, you don't have to overthink it. Just pick one that you really, really like. Maybe not favorite, but one of your favorites. Well, to, uh, well, riddle me this: Would you all, and this may be harder for you guys to do, because um, no, because neither of you have seen this movie. Well, no, Greg, I think you said you saw it. Josie and the Pussycats. Would that be considered a rom com, or is that more calm? I mean, is it central? Is it is the is the central plot element the romance, um, or is it just it could, not just a major one, but it's like a central? Part. Right. It, I, think, I think like you could consider it a rom com. Yeah, I think you could. Yeah. So yeah. maybe more calm than rom, but yeah, if it's if it's like a major plot point that drives a lot of what happens, mm -hmm. I think absolutely you can consider it rom com. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it's definitely like a really solid B plot, <clears throat> like kind of like in an episode of Star Trek, you've got the A plot and the B plot. Sure. Um, it's it's kind of that same principle. Um, otherwise, I think I would. I'm, I'm gonna have to say you've got mail because really that's good. a movie. Yeah, I I um I covered it in my way back Wednesday column on Fangirlish back in November, and I ended up watching it like three or four times. Just not only just for my column, but it's like I legitimately really enjoyed watching it. It was it's you know it's it's funny. Um, I love the the score for the film. It's just it's just got a little bit of whimsy to it. Um, Meg Ryan is really funny in that movie. Yeah, uh, and Tom Hanks is funny too, but mm -hmm. like. She's like especially funny in that one. I really enjoyed her in that. So, yeah, you've got mail. Dave I Chappelle think. also in that movie, also great. Yeah, I know. I I didn't realize that until uh, uh, I started watching it again for my calls. Like, wait, Dave Chappelle was in this? And I just to <laughs> I totally missed it the first time I watched it because I know his name and I know his comedy, uh, but I I never really like watched anything with mm -hmm. it i've only like heard audio snippets so i had no idea what he actually looked like <laughs> so so uh you got mail i i really loved it it was uh so i came off of um 10 things i hate about you which uh, i didn't I hate it you. i didn't hate it i probably wouldn't go back and rewatch it i thought it had good things i thought it had some it was just like it was painful it was almost physically painful for me to watch it was just so saccharine and so angsty i'm not a huge fan of angsty teen drama in any form but that was that that one was built on the back of angsty teen drama i love the dad the dad was like 
I, I was feeling the dad. That was, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just everything he said, I was just, I was just mood. Yes, hundred percent. He he was great. Um, the, the, uh, we 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 talk about the movie later. But, but you've got mail. Here here a couple of things that bother me, and you got mail. Okay. Uh, other than the Woody thing, first of all, okay. that AOL booted up way too fast. <laughs> Come on, like anyone who had to use AOL, it does not take five seconds. It takes five minutes with a good connection. <laughs> yeah, dude, they had to edit for time. I, I know, I know, but nobody I, wants to hear all the robots getting I, murdered. I just want the director's cut where you're just sitting there and just nah, nah, and he's, he's they should have when he kept walking back and forth in the hall, like whether he should get on the computer. That should have been the time where it was logging on. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. what was the other thing? Yes, did she was jobless at the end of that movie? Still, right? Right. And he was kicked out. So, like, yay, they got together, but also they have nothing. Like, she's going to move out of New York. Like, what's she going to do now? Like, the, the bad guys kind of won in that movie. Like, yes, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan got together. But if you think about it, the bad guys won. Well, and then now that I've said that, I, I, I'm i not sure. Hang on. I'm going to go look. Yeah, because I, I don't remember her. Like, I remember her talking about writing a book. But I don't remember because that was with uh, Tom Hanks' evil girlfriend. So I don't remember. But, oh, and here's the other thing. The whole premise of that movie is, like, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are having a tryst. Which, because because it starts with both of them with their boyfriend slash girlfriend in the room with them. But I was assuming that was her husband. So it got slightly less bad. Because at least she's not breaking her marital vows to even this guy. It was still kind of like, really, girl? Really? Also, that, uh, that, that guy was the worst. Meg Ryan's boyfriend in that was the worst. You seen You Got Mail? I haven't seen You Got Mail since I was a little kid, and so I feel like you guys say things, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> but I have nothing to add except for what you've already said because I, my mind can't stretch yeah. further than that. But uh, to segue into my favorite rom-com, so I thought about this a lot because um, I knew we were going to do rom-com. We were trying to do this like three weeks ago, and yeah. it just kept yeah, getting yeah. punted. Um, so I, I don't know if I have a favorite, and also there are a lot that are kind of right on the edge see something like a knight's tale i don't wouldn't consider a rom-com that's no. heath ledger right yeah i've been told i need to watch that movie i know yeah that was me that's been telling you no to do it's that. not just you other people have also been like yeah you need to you watch would that. love the crap out of that movie I'm, d- I'm down i think it's more of a medieval comedy and there just happens to be like it's more about his destiny of becoming a knight okay but there's also loves yeah um but I, w- I would have to say 500 days of summer um you seen that i haven't seen that one my gosh! But again, I was I was like looking back through it, like looking at the lists, and I was like, I've seen more of these than I thought I had. We need to watch Five Hundred Days of Summer, and now I like don't want to spoil anything. But it, the overall like premise, I mean, it's it's Zoe Deschanel and um, uh, I can't remember uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So it's already just two people. That, it's already two people that you're just like, oh, they're adorable. <laughs> like they're they're so great. Like uh, as what, actors what, and actresses. What, what, like, uh, what year was that? You know, I can. I can it was. That. It was 2010, 2011, maybe? Okay, because um, 10 Things I Had About You was also Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but, like, baby. You're, you remember he him from Angels like in the Outfield? And, oh, my gosh. Oh, that was... Oh, my Dad, gosh, it was! Yes! If there is a god, maybe you can make him win a little. He's crying, and I'm like, God, oh, that, that that trailer is one of the greatest trailers, man. Oh, gosh. Angels in the Outfield is a great movie. Yeah, and then it just um, got ridiculous. It was like, um, I have a friend who's from Cincinnati, and every time I see him, I'm, I'm tempted to just... Oh, back! <laughs> but yeah, well now I don't want to say a ton about 500 Days of Summer, but it's not your typical romantic comedy. So, it definitely has enough serious elements for you to like enjoy like the deep thought of the movie. 
while the comedy is just it's hilarious it's really good um and it's filmed in a really interesting way to where you're going through essentially he's dating this girl summer finn and he dates her for 500 days recapping those 500 days and so each each like scene or new day like has a new number at the top and that's like the, the, that's like the length of time they were together so you know and then like, she dies no i'm not gonna tell you the end but like and then she marries the president of the united states <laughs> obama <laughs> enters the movie and he's like joseph let me take a girl <laughs> have you seen that it's like a great mr steel girl gif where two it's an old it's like a black and white so it was i think it was from like a buster keaton film or something where there's like a couple walking down the street and then a car comes by with this like seat on a, like bucket seat on a pole and just scoops her up and drives away with her <laughs> and now let me tell you uh, i stole your girl <laughs> Girlfriend, so she's mine now. <laughs> um, Ashley, have you uh, seen Five Hundred Days of Summer? I have, and it's like you love it and you hate I it. Don't, I well, or you just hate it. <laughs> I, I won't say that I hated the movie, but I will say I I was really confused at the end because you, I you get have, so mad at some at summer, right? Yes, because summer's played by Zoe Deschanel, and everything I've right. ever seen Zoe Deschanel in, I love her, and by this, I'm just like. Why do I not love Zoe Deschanel more I know. than this movie? Didn't I'm this very come up confused. in our worst ending? I feel like we've talked about this. We did. We briefly talked about it. Yes, at worst endings, where we had this whole, we had a whole thing going in college. It was like a hashtag that we, like all of all of our whole entire team used, which was "Fear No Summer Fen," which is like, don't get your heart broken by a summer fen. Because I, I guess I guess there's a little bit of a spoiler there for you, but you still need to watch it. I mean, she I, does. I she gathered, breaks his heart at the end. I gather when um, you're like he dates her for 500 yeah. days. I gathered it doesn't end well for him. In in, <laughs> in, in, in retrospect, at, when you first watch it, like you just you despise it entirely. You're just like, oh my gosh, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like the sweetest character. Like he they they've designed him, and again, it's not maybe it's not realistic. There's people out there, but he's like he's a really sweet guy. He's really devout to this girl. Really likes her, and. She just doesn't like him, and she doesn't really know how to explain it. And so you hate that. You're like, wow, well, you suck. But in reality, <laughs> you're kind of like, it's kind of the way dating goes. You know, as a single guy, I can attest to being like, you know, there are those times where you're like, this kind of feels platonic, and I'm not really feeling it, and I don't have any other way to tell you that. And you're like, ah, that kind of sucks. It really <laughs> does. But anyways, th- th- again, a little bit of a spoiler there, but... I think it's different enough in in the way that it's the story is told to where even though even when I hated her completely, which I still am not, I'm definitely team Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that movie um, <laughs> because he's just <laughs> such a sweet guy and it's so sad, like I hate it. But I appreciate the overall. I appreciated the way that the story was told even when I didn't like the ending. Um, and now I've, I kind of I, I'm I'm more okay with the ending. I'm just more okay with not liking Zoe Deschanel, and like that's still okay. I can still like the movie, and so I actually really like Five Hundred Days of Summer. I, I think it's a really well told movie. The comedy and the humor is like right up my alley. There's enough really quirky stuff where like at one point he turns and looks in the mirror because he's like going on a date and he's getting really excited and he just sees Han Solo looking back at him and he winks <laughs> and he's like because he's feeling so confident and he just walks down the street and I'm like that's so subtle and perfect that he just looks in the mirror and he sees he just sees Harrison Ford smiling back and I'm like this genius it's just so great but yeah I really like 500 Days of Summer I think it's a good contrast to most rom-coms it, it sounds like it was a self self uh, insert fic for you uh greg yeah <laughs> on solo looking back at you <laughs> i was like i want on solo to look back at me <laughs> uh, 
I need to get some Han Solo on the soundboard, Greg. Hey, Greg, hey. <laughs> You're going nowhere. You're going so, nowhere. So good. So, uh, Nathaniel, you asked the question, does uh, Meg Ryan's character uh, have a job at the end of yes. You've Got Mail? And so while, yes, her store does close, and mm-hmm. it's not like she reopens a new store or whatever, right. uh, the the closure of the store actually pushes her to do what she really wants to do, Which and that's write to write, book, right? writes children's books. Right, and I so, remember them uh, mentioning that, but that was with, that was like a deal with Tom Hanks' terrible ex. So I wasn't sure whether that actually well, was well, happening or not. So, so... In the in the film, this is this is again this is this part of the story is told visually, because you see her writing and okay. working on on writing. Um, it's not it's it's referenced a bit like um, when she meets up later with Tom Hanks. Um, she talks to him about like how you know if the store hadn't closed, like I never would have really started doing this right. and pursuing this. Right. And I'm really glad that I am pursuing this. And but that's really all that's said about it. You don't get like, and she became a famous children's book author or whatever at the end. What is um, this red fish, two fish? Ah, it's trash. Get it out of here. <laughs> you know, it's not like at the end of Elf where you know Buddy becomes the, the famous children's author. <laughs> you know. Um, but it, it is it is referenced um, and that how that okay. that pushes okay. her to, to okay. something. And then the other problem I had with the movie, mm-hmm. um, which maybe just be me being a prude, was they were totally trysting in the beginning, right? That was they were technically yeah, like cheating? it was it was a little bit of uh, and it's, well, know, it was worse than I thought it was because at first I thought they were both married, so it was right. slightly better, but still a little skeezy. Yeah, well, and I, I think it, it illustrates. I think that's a really early example of you know, emotional infidelity is still infidelity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I think that's a kind of an interesting thing. But I, I, as you can see, there the people they were with were drifting away as well. Right, like it right. Wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm breaking up with you because I'm in love with online guy. Right, right. That happened before they met, or. It, that was happening, yeah. yeah. So no, I mean it was fine, but at the same time, infidelity. That's not the Jedi way. Yeah. <laughs> kids. All right, so and I, and I don't feel like that's an unfair criticism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still, still loved it. It's it still a great movie. It, it was interesting because um, you know a lot of these are are very dialogue driven, but when Harry met Sally was like pure dialogue, which yes. which was interesting, and I really enjoyed it. And and it was also it was also very much like. It, like they said, it, it was a twelve-year thing before they even mm-hmm. before they even like considered it. So, so I enjoyed when Harry met Sally uh, quite a bit. But uh, let's let's move on to the next one, the opposite end of the spectrum. What's your least favorite rom-com and why, if you can think of it? Uh, I I'm hard pressed to find one that I was like actively disliked. I I I, do, I, do, I remember not liking the forty-year-old bird. Um, I never saw that one. It had some funny moments, but you know the overall message I thought was not good and it was really crass. And I I, I just didn't enjoy it. Just didn't enjoy it. Um, of the ones I watched in preparation for this, I think 10, 10 Things I Hate About You was the weakest. But again, I don't think it was a terrible movie. Um, I had a, I had some issues with Okay, here was one of the biggest issues I had. And I realized it's 1999. Baby JGL was adorable. That, that can't be denied. But he does like absolutely nothing to woo Bianca. Like he, he tutors her in French. But he, he sees her and is like, that's it. I'm in love with this girl. I realize it's like, a, again, I don't want to push on cliches because we're getting to that point. But that was I, I was like, you literally know nothing about her. Um, his friend was hilarious. I loved his friend. I don't know the name of his friend. They said it like once in the beginning. And they didn't say it for the whole movie. 
And then when he uh, goes to date Bianca's, uh, when he puts the Shakespeare dress in Bianca's friend's locker, he signs it. He signs his note William S. So I have absolutely no idea what his friend's name was. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, I love this guy. What is his name? He looks like a Joey. He looks like a Joey. Like, hey, guy, it's Joey. Like he grew up. He looks like he grew up to be in the Sopranos. <laughs> Um, uh, so his friend is actually the guy who played Bernard in Elf. Oh, oh. yeah, and the guy from Numbers. Yeah. Um, I, but, but uh, what's his character's name in 10 Things I Hate About You? I actually have it up on IMDb. To the internet. David Krumholtz? No, Andrew Keegan? Yes, yes, yes David Krumholtz. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say, he was a Joey. No, he was, his name was Michael. Okay, so he had a generic Michael. white name. Easy for me to forget. But yeah, so that one of the biggest things I had an issue was the scene where uh, Heath Ledger's in detention and Katarina's helping uh, him sneak out and then just straight up flashes the teacher. And I'm like, do you know how much trouble that teacher could get in? Uh, no, through yeah. no fault of his own? Like, that's probably... Now, admittedly, she was 18, okay? So she's 18 in the movie. That was still... Mm-hmm. I was still like, yeah, haha, funny, but this is... that. that <laughs> there's so many things that are problematic. 99... But still, like, there's so many things that are problematic with that. I was like, that's probably not okay. Yeah, but uh, overall, I thought it was it was fine. Again, there were there were moments where the the teen angst was dragging on. I'm literally pushing my head. I'm physically pushing my head into my pillow, just trying to get away from it, <laughs> which didn't work because I had wireless headphones in. So I'm just like, the sound's not getting. I can't get away from it. There were definitely moments where I was like, I want to fast forward this. But yeah, four year old version, I remember not enjoying. I can't think of. I, off the top of my head, I can't think about the rom coms, but I think in general, rom coms are fairly—it's fairly easy to make a, a watchable rom. Um, yeah, and, and, and there's there's such like a, a, a dearth of them. Yeah, um, Crazy Rich Asians I, was the last one I, I remember from recent memory, and that was a great. Yeah, that's a great film. Um, that's like a rom com that a lot of guys really enjoy as well. It was a know. great film. Yeah, yeah. like they just—I uh, well. mean, because I, I mean. Once I know. Uh, like, once again, just, you say, guys, I want to emphasize that all the rom-com DVDs we have are my dad's. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's fair. Well, I, I, I mean that in the sense that guys I know that do not necessarily enjoy rom-coms mm-hmm. or they will tolerate them because the ladies in their life uh, enjoy them. Strap them to the uh, sofa. That, that was, <laughs> say what? Strap them down to the sofa. Right. Um, <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians is one that they all really enjoyed and and this is something else that we might want to touch on um as i've been watching more rom-coms in the past few years partially because of girl movie night partially because of uh me uh trying to broaden my horizons and find good fodder for my uh my way back wednesday column and you finally did demolition man i did well i i Dude, I cannot write about that movie. That it was a train wreck. Why? It's so good. Uh-huh. It's such a good. No. It's such a beautiful train wreck. I will have nothing nice to say about that movie. Really? I I, I I'm like this is like I love like a a good stupid like action movie just to watch things blow up. But even that one, I was like, <laughs> wow, why? Oh come no, on, the Taco stop. Bell scene. It's so good. I I'm just like Sandra Bullock must have needed a check that. She's so good. In that oh my god! I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> like no, I, I was like, I was like, oh, Sandra Bullock is in this. I would have watched this like months ago if Nathaniel had told me Sandra I Bullock think I was did. in this. And uh, I missed that part. I'm sorry. All I remembered was no, I haven't seen Demolition Man. But then I we watched it because it was like going off of HBO Max, and 
I was like, what is wrong with this? No, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, something I noticed uh, that uh, a lot of rom-coms are actually directed by men, mm. <laughs> which I thought was, was really interesting because they're t typically considered, like, uh, movies for women. A lot of them, like, uh, exception being, like, Nora Ephron, who's, you know, done, like, some of the big ones. Like, uh, well, she wrote When Harry Met Sally. Rob Reiner directed that one. But uh, You've Got Mail is hers. Some I, I know she's done other ones, but those are the main ones I've seen. Yeah, Nora Ephron was in. If she wasn't directing it, she was producing it on a lot of them as well. Right, right. She uh, she definitely uh, held a lot of influence in the genre. You know, she passed, uh, I think, in 2012. But, yeah, she... Hmm. Uh, yeah, she was definitely very much uh, a mainstay of the genre for many years. Yeah. So, so here I'm, I'm actually on, I have IMDb open to the romance list at romance mm -hmm. I, romance intersecting with comedy, and here's where I would disagree. I, Legally Blonde it has as a rom, rom com, which I would agree, because it's mm -hmm. it's it's focused on the romance for initially between L and um, what's his butt, and then between L and Luke Wilson, mm -hmm. but Miss Congeniality. Is primarily about the her going undercover to prevent a bombing. The romance happens, but it's not the primary plot element. But right. our Miss Congeniality is not a rom com, and I would argue that I think it is. Um, and I, you know, I think it's fine to have some yeah. wiggle room there. But I, I would argue Miss Congeniality is an action comedy that has a romance, whereas Legally Blonde is a romantic comedy. Which again, there's it's it's a fuzzy line. It's yeah, not yeah. Right. it's not sharp distinctions. So what was yeah, what what did you if, say if your you least done... favorite was? Ah uh, gosh, you know honestly, I don't know that I've ever really seen one that I just absolutely hated. Um, one that you were like, so I probably wouldn't go back and watch I'll, that. It's I'll, fine too. I'll say one. I it's not like I don't despise this movie at all. It's just I know it's a classic and like but again, maybe this isn't a rom-com, maybe it's just a comedy, but Meet Meet the Parents. Never seen it. Never seen it, Ashley? I I, I I've seen bits and pieces of it, um, so I, from what I know about it, I, I think it's billed mostly as a comedy, but I could see why you would... Yeah, uh, I th yeah now that you're saying that, and now that I actually said it out loud, I actually do think it's pretty much just a comedy. I mean, he's already, he's already, like, dating the girl, and it's about him meeting her parents, and it's just, it's just agonizing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, um, uh, what's his name, the big intimidating mafia guy is, is the girl's dad. Uh, what's the actor? Don Corleone. Um, uh, the, he, 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 he's like the big Italian guy that's always... What's uh, what's it called? Uh, Meet, the Parents. Meet the Parents. Gosh, why is it, why can't I remember the guy's Robert name? Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is, is the girl's dad. And Ben Stiller is like, you know, the unsure, you know, boyfriend. Anyways, it's just it's just so uncomfortable, like to the point where it's like, ah, oh, this isn't even... Very, like, I like The Office. The Office is a lot of uncomfortable humor. That's very just like I hate the I, office. I know you don't like the office, but this was like no, I couldn't even handle like meeting the this. parents just because I was like, "There's not even a payoff. It's just kind of agonizing." But again, yeah, it's probably not much of a romantic it's, comedy. It's funny because I hate the office for the awkward comedy, which I realize is a very British thing. But I enjoyed the IT crowd, so I don't know. IT crowd's mm. great. IT crowd. I, I don't know. The, the, the moments of the IT crowd that made me laugh were more than the moments that I would. I mean, I would. I would actually fast forward to. Parts of the IT crowds like skip ahead when it was getting too pausey and awkward. So, mm -hmm. I, I I think I, I I realized. Sorry, this is a an aside, but I think I realized earlier I identified David Crumholz as Bernard from Elf. That is not correct. He's Bernard from the Santa Claus. Ah, 
But we, uh, that, we that, all, yeah, we all, we, yeah, yeah, I was on board with that. <laughs> I heard seen, it. I, I have seen both Sorry. of those movies. That's the one where, um, the Santa Claus is Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Yeah, yeah, Tim Allen has to become Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, hey, Barabbas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Barnabas. <laughs> he keeps calling him. He's like, it's Bernard every time. <laughs> yeah. World's only Jewish elf. But can you think of uh, least favorite Ashley? If you can't, that's fine. Like, if you just like, in general, I enjoy them. Yeah, like, I think just in general, I've en- I I enjoy them. I, again, I'm, I'm, a little bit on the newer side to the genre. I'm gonna say, like, I think I'm gonna have a type that I don't enjoy as much. Mm-hmm. And I, I think those are probably gonna land somewhere in like the Hallmark movie mm. territory. I, 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 to this day, I have never watched like one of the eight Fafillion Hallmark Christmas movies that come out that all have the same plot and yet people <laughs> still watch every single one of them and say they're all the best thing ever. I think if I watch those, it will be because I have friends that want to watch them, and I am an extrovert, and I need to hang out with people. So <laughs> I, 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 I watch it for the communal aspect, and I, I might enjoy it in the moment, but they're probably not going to be ones that I revisit. Because I think if I'm going to watch, if I'm going to watch any movie, it needs to have, unless I'm watching it simply just to mock it, like I would Demolition Man or Santa Claus Conquers the Martians or whatever. Can't believe you hate Demolition Man. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry, it's just not my thing. Like, it's, no, I, I get it. <laughs> I have it. I have a stupidity line, and it crossed it like every other scene. So, <laughs> um, have you seen it, Greg? Demolition Man? A long time ago. Like, I, I know the scenes, and like Greg uh, blocked I, it I, out. I, it was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I feel. I, I think I'm the. I'm gonna be honest. I think I'm the only person who enjoys watching that movie, but I love it. It's it's fine. We all have movies like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, I think I think to answer the question, Nathaniel, I I, th- I think like for me to n- not enjoy the rom com, it, it it needs to the story needs to actually go somewhere and to have some sort of emotional gravitas other than hey, let's get together. Mm. Uh, and and I think the the rom coms that I enjoy the most have something of more substance than hey we've got to figure out how to get together like you've got mail it was also about pursuing your dreams and figuring out what you really want out of life when harry met sally like i i i avoided harry met sally like the play for a really long time because the main thing i knew about it was the line men and women can't be friends because sex always gets in the way and i was like that's stupid i have always had like male friends that i love dearly that i you know Love as brothers and well, we'll talk about that in the tropes and cliches. Yeah, but the, you know that's like a whole other thing. Like, but but the 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 crux of that film was not that men and women can't be friends. It was that to have a a, a solid relationship, you have to have that underlying friendship and care for one another that is completely outside of uh, you know the physical realm. So I I thought. That that made it more poignant. Something like The Princess Bride is really interesting because not only is it a rom-com, but it's also an action movie. It's um, it's a fantasy film. It it hits so many different genres that it, there's there's lots of ways you can interpret that movie, and there's lots of substance to it. For me, the ones I'm going to enjoy the most are going to have to have that something extra that's not just the here's how we got together. If if it doesn't have that, I'm probably not going to appreciate it as much. Fair enough. Can you think of a movie that fills that criteria? Also, are you seeing this uh, thing on my screen? 
Does this sentence make sense? Vanilla re- lesbian rom-com? Um, vanilla lesbian rom-com? Vanilla lesbian rom-com. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming words. we're using vanilla um, in the sense of... Uh, the plot. Um, yeah, like, nothing too exciting. <laughs> Maybe it means there's just uh. a bunch of white people in it. But vanilla. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what I thought. I heard vanilla. I was like, white? Okay. <laughs> okay. Next. You know, um, not unreasonable. Yeah. Um, so, but let's, let's, let's gravitate to looking at some actual numbers. Um, now, this may move into, into the realm of uh, we've not watched these movies. Because, again, this is a massive, massive category, and you can only watch so much. But right. I do think there are some that are considered... Um, stars of the genre. So uh, I'm going to pull up the domestic box office, and we're going to look at the top ten and see Ooh. if. So, so and now I do, I do think box office is not a great indicator of the quality of a movie at all, as evidenced by Transformers making billions of dollars. Um, <laughs> but so, so here are the top ten domestic box office. Uh, number one is my big fat Greek wedding. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen pieces of it. I don't know that I've. Ever so seen I, it I have not seen it. Uh, Greg, any oh, really? opinions? Um, it's, I mean, it's hilarious. It seem, uh, seems like a movie you'd probably love. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it, very Greek. It almost yeah. made my list most, to watch this week. I just ran out of most time. Most everyone I know who is in any way Greek <laughs> is like, that movie is so accurate. That's what family <laughs> gatherings are like. We all have an uncle like so-and-so. We all have an aunt like so-and-so. Our, our you know, our, our aunt, the grandparents are all like this. And so from what I hear, it's incredibly accurate. And that builds on it for me because it is really ridiculous like okay. you watch it and you're like yeah, this yeah. is this is big, big family stuff i i yeah that's i kind of want to you know get into it because you know big family shenanigans are always fun to me right it, I, that's why i think when i watched i'm like you'd probably love it because like all like the funny uncles and the funny people are just like it's about a guy who's who's you know gonna marry this girl who's very greek and like so her family's like okay he needs to be like indoctrinated in some way you know so he starts going to all these big family things he starts like he, he goes to the greek orthodox church and has to get like oil rubbed on all, like, all <laughs> over his body and there's a scene where she's sitting there and she's like I'm not worth this <laughs> he's, he's just getting like rubbed down by all these weird like I don't know if they're like nuns or something I don't know how the Greek yeah. Orthodox Church works but it, it was really funny Yeah. Uh, number two What Women Want which I've heard is good uh, I haven't gone around to watch it that's the one where the yeah, guy can hear women's yeah, thoughts it's, um, uh, uh, it's what's his name um, Mel, Gibson. Mel Gibson I only they, remember they did a, they a, did a follow up What Men Want what follow up but... I did see What Men Want how was that because um, I'm was, like, if, was, you, if you're looking into men's brains, all you're going to hear is boobs, butts, boobs, yeah, butts. Like, really, you don't want, what really men want, like, you, you don't want, you don't But want what men want was very, was much more recent. Yeah, yeah, it was like Yeah, yeah, yeah that right. was, that was like last year. Um, yeah. And it, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, It was enjoyable. I like Tiffany Haddish. I think she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I enjoyed it on that level. It did have a little bit of, of, of heart to it uh, there at the end. So I watched it. I, I'm it curious. used to be on Amazon Prime. Um, I watched it and I kind of dozed off somewhere in the middle but i don't feel like i missed anything but uh, i'm curious anyway. if this what woman want was uh directed by a man or a woman <laughs> very curious so uh nope. i'll look it yeah. up yeah so number three pretty woman never seen it 1990 for my time. uh i saw that when i was much too young is that the um, one about the prostitute yes okay. julia roberts is a prostitute and uh richard gear picks her up and uh, she. Uh, oh, sorry, but it, is that a comedy? It doesn't sound like a comedy. I, I, I personally, I wouldn't have thought it was a comedy. Um, I mean, I was much too young to have watched that movie. I wouldn't be like, <laughs> um, mommy, um, what's a prostitute? No, so so for a few years, um, 
on Christmas night, my sister and I would stay over at my aunt and uncle's house, and uh, my cousins, uh, my cousin Jenna and I would always watch a movie, and it would always be some random movie that she pulled off her parents' like video shelf that we weren't supposed to watch, (laughs) (laughs) or or maybe we shouldn't have watched. And so uh, Pretty Woman was the first one in that series of Christmas movies that we shouldn't have watched. Uh, The next one was Psycho, and the one after that was Revenge of the Nerds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, anyway, but no, I don't. I and that's that's the only time I've seen it. So I I would I would think that I I, I wouldn't have gauged it as a comedy. I do know that's one of those where uh, they changed the ending uh, after uh, test audiences. Mm. And we guess the ending. It turned out it was London, and she got Jack the Ripper. No, so the Whoops. spoilers. Um, Not for gonna those go watch it. Have, yeah, so, so spoiler alert for those listening who may want to watch Pretty Woman. But the original ending, Richard Gere um, basically... Contracts syphilis and dies. No, uh, he <laughs> drops her off and leaves. That's it. Basically, the the problem is that he... Uh, the, the, the crux of the film is that he falls in love with her. Right. And he's like, you can't fall in love with a prostitute. Right. That's, uh, that's bad. Uh, that will not work out well for you. Um, but... Um, audiences hated that ending so much They're like no he's in love with her he can't leave her they changed the ending um so they they're, they're together hmm. at the end uh, so dave chappelle on chappelle's show for a while had he had a, a recurring uh sketch of if movies had if movies were realistic so the matrix it's the office scene and he's like running through and it's just like it's just a guy was like hey can i borrow your staple i was just messing with you right uh <laughs> so they did pretty woman it's like right after the first time they they sleep together and they're in the bed and she's giving that whole spiel, that that speech mm-hmm. thing, right? And she finishes. He looks at her and is like, "You need to get the fuck <laughs> out." <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, number four. Fun fact: That was basically the original ending. Right, so... right, right, right. That's why. That's why I brought it up. I was like, "Wait, that that was basically what happened." Uh, four Hitch. Which would get uh, Hitch. I love Hitch. Excellent. I have, I have, uh, what's, what's the, I, I have a deeply personal connection with Hitch, but that's, we'll save that for later if we talk I want, about I want that. Will Smith to do more comedies, man. He's so yeah, good he's, in comedies. He's, he's hilarious. He's great. He's great. There's something about Mary, number five. Not seen it. I, I, I'm familiar with one scene. I get that one mixed up with Long Came Polly. Something about Mary is what? Who's in it? I don't know. Uh, but it, oh, I, no. I, I, I'm familiar with, there's a famous scene in it. Um, uh, which is nasty, and I will describe if you guys want me to. I, I think I I haven't seen it, but I think I know what scene you know you're, what you're referencing. And, I, and the, the main reason I know about it is because Keith David is in that movie, and he's the voice of Goliath on Gargoyles. But he plays um, Mary's dad. Wait, something about Mary, is is that the one with... It's... Let's see, I'm looking so, up. Uh, Cameron uh, Diaz, Matt Cameron Dillon, Diaz. Ben Stiller, yeah. Lee Evans, Chris oh. Elliott. Okay, wait, wait, Ben Stiller. So, so something about Mary is the one where he has, like, Indian food, and he's, like, he goes to her house. I haven't watched it, couldn't tell you. No, that's not the one. Are you thinking about Dumb and Dumber? That's no. a terrible movie. I hate that. You movie. don't like Dumb and Dumber? I classic. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're, we are going to have an episode where we talk about trashy movies that we love. Yeah. Oh. Demolition but, Man is I, one of mine. But Demolition Man. I hate is, Dumb and Dumber. But Dumb and Dumber is not on the same category. As Demolition Man. Dumb and Dumber is, is not a trash consi- movie. Is not considered a classic on any like it, that is no, just you. Neither is Demolition Man. No. Is I, Dumb and Dumber considered a classic? So it's a bad movie. No, no. Dumb and Dumber is. You, 
is definitely considered to be like a classic well, comedy. People have terrible taste. It's a trash. Th- that's, it's a it, it is movie. true. It, it's trash. I think that's uh, another thing we could do is, but Demolition is Man movies is that are considered classics that we hate. That's another like <laughs> movies that are very highly highly regarded that we hate. Yeah, regarded movies. Let's let's look at let's look at Don't Go for it. Um, but there's something about Mary. There's a scene where, like, the, one of the main characters is like getting ready to go out, and his friend tells me, "You need to masturbate first, so you're not like super horny." And so he does that, and somehow it gets on his ear. Oh my! And gosh. she comes in, and is like, "Ooh, hair gel," and rubs it in her hair. Yeah, that happens in this movie, and I was like, I don't want to watch that. That, that, that sounds, that's really that's intense, disgusting. That was not the scene I was referring. Why to. Why would I want to watch that? I yeah. feel, I feel like that's pretty intense, even for R-rated movies to actually like have semen in, it in some way. Like, then that's like it's gone up to another level so of intensity. There, nasty. Yeah, that's, that's that would make me uncomfortable. Anyways, that's why I didn't yeah, watch that. That one's more. I, I feel like that's more like raunchy comedy than yeah. rom com personally, yeah. just yep. based on what I know of the film. Yep. But again, you know, have not seen it. Yep. Seven point so. three out of ten. People are stupid. Dumb and dumb. <laughs> Number six, Crazy Rich Asians, which fantastic movie. I loved it. Right. I, I I love that you. I, I love the idea of there's there's both class shock and culture shock, even mm. though it's not like you know she she's she's like this should go well, right? Because I, you know I I should get Chinese culture because I'm Chinese, right? But there's like right. it, it's like it's more nuanced. It's not just which a lot of people think about a lot of uh, other other cultures is oh you know you have Spanish culture and you have French culture and you have uh, Chinese culture and it's like no cultures are not monoliths. Right. Right. I go up to Minnesota and there's stuff they do there and I'm like the hell are you guys doing? I have, cousins, <laughs> I, have I say that because I have cousins in Minnesota. You call things the wrong. I go what? it's the wrong. It's not thing. pop. It's soda. <laughs> Come on, guys. Where you're going? But what I, what I, kind I, of Coke do you want? Pepsi. Yeah, I, yeah, that's sort of, it's, it's that sort of thing. <laughs> Give me a Sprite. I, Coke, I, I, I thought that emphasized Excuse both me? that and the idea of the sort of like the the old money thing, um, mm-hmm. kind of you know tradition and how 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 much is how much should tradition play a role in in things? I, I love Crazy Rich Asians. I thought it was great. Well, and 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 uh, I, I think Crazy Rich Asians maybe has something. I. I, I I can't attest for some of these other films in the, in the top ten. Crazy Rich Asians is based on a book. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's got a little help in the structure department. Um, sure. Also, did, did y'all see the stinger scene in the credits? The stinger Rich scene Asians? in the credits? I did not see that. Okay, so um, apparently if you read the book series, the, the big romance of the series is between Cousin Astrid and another guy. Huh. Um, so... Um, a friend of mine who had uh, read the books was just like, "Oh, this was great!" But if you think this is great, you need to go like read the rest of them because you know Astrid is getting set up for this big romance, um, and it's amazing. Interesting. So, yeah. So I, I, I would. Uh, that's 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 one I need to look into further because I really, really enjoyed that film. I, I think there were some changes from from the book. But overall, I think that one's got some help with having a good, solid story backbone to rely upon mm-hmm. to to help make it a great film. Again, no complaints there. That's a that's a just a great film overall on a lot of different levels. Yeah, uh, number seven, the proposal. I didn't think that was a comedy, and neither was number eight, Jerry Maguire. That was not a comedy. I have it not had, seen Jerry. Jerry Maguire is a great movie, and it has a lot of funny moments in it. But yeah, it's not I mean, a comedy. It's got the classic moments, but yeah, I, I don't. I have seen the proposal. The proposal, um, I've never seen yeah. it, but is, I thought that was supposed to be a romantic comedy. I, yeah, that's maybe, my rock. You know what? In my brain, I think I'm getting confused with the Notebook. Yeah, yeah, yes. Because uh-huh. the Notebook is yeah. is I would not consider to be a comedy. It is just a romantic drama. 
or yeah. romantic movie. But yeah. no, the proposal is Ashton Kusher, is right? Isn't it? Uh, no, it's it's uh, Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. Oh, okay. oh, that's definitely okay. A comedy. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Def- like, yeah, I was gonna say it's, 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 it's a comedy. I, I think even if it wasn't intended to be a comedy, it would somehow become a comedy with them. <laughs> they're both, oh, yeah, they're both great. Yeah, I mean, they're, guys, they're, it's, it's Sandra Bullock's physical comedy is fantastic. It's almost, oh, she's great, and there's a lot of physical comedy in that film, um, and they're both just amazing at it. I mean, it's almost like a Hallmarky type premise you know where it's hey you the gotta premise pretend is hallmarky, but yeah. it's, it's but it's done it's really really well so yeah. yeah like yeah, you gotta pretend to be my fiance and then they fall in love but like it's done really well yeah. uh number nine yeah. runaway bride now i'll just note almost all of these are between 90 and 2000 like there's mm. 2002 2005 um 2018 is 2018 was crazy with jason 2009 was the proposal so it's, it's like I mean, the Renaissance was the '90s. Like a lot of these are from early 2000s, late '90s. Runaway Bride, you watched that one? I, I'm looking at. I I'm familiar with the premise, but I don't think I've ever actually seen it. I want to conflate Runaway Bride with Father of the Bride because ah. yeah, because she also kind of runs away at some point. Mm-hmm, in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, number ten, Knocked Up. Uh, yeah, Knocked Up uh, is um, Seth Rogen, Katherine Heigl, Paul Rudd, Leslie Mann, Jason Segel. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So if I switch I over, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, if so. I switch over to international, there are two on there that are look, look to be Chinese films. So okay. May May Ren Yu and Shi Hong Shi Shou Fu. I'm certain I'm mispronouncing that, and I apologize for that. But Pretty Woman jumps to number two worldwide. My Big mm-hmm. Fat Greek Wedding is three. What Woman Wants still on there? There's something about Mary is still there. Hitch is still there. Notting Hill is now an eighth because I'm guessing that that did did pretty well in uh, UK. Since it's yeah. mm-hmm. set in the UK and it has uh, Hugh Grant, uh, Enchanted made it up there, which I wanted to, which I wanted to watch, but was not on any streaming platform for free. Uh, and then the proposal it, is still up there. Enchanted is really fun. I'm kind of surprised that's not on Disney Plus. Um. Oh, are you thinking of Ella Disney? Enchanted? No, I no. Well, no, I was thinking of Enchanted. That's the one where um, McDreamy is in it, right? I, I, I don't know. I haven't watched it. Patrick Dempsey. Um, but I just want to point out that number 23, so the, the 23rd most, the highest, 20, the 23rd highest grossing rom-com film in America, The Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. Princess Diaries Now don't get me wrong, two. Princess Diaries 1 was good, but it did not need a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Princess Diaries 2 is okay. That's also one I believe that's based on a book. Princess Diaries yeah, 2 is. has Jonas Davies yeah. as the villain yeah. and um, Chris Pine is in it. So, yeah. I mean, that's... And, and The Princess Diaries is one of... that in my head... I get mixed up with The Little Princess, which is also, it's a great movie, but very different about the girl who goes to, yeah. I think she's in India, and then her dad comes home, and he got mustard gas in World War One. It's like, it was kind of traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so, that, so that's the top 10 by box office. But we're going to look at, um, based on IMDb scores, and it's a totally, it's totally, totally different. And this is actually, when I was picking which ones to watch, I was looking through um, through this list. And is this IMDb scores or this the is uh, Rotten Tomato, tomato scores? Rotten Tomato scores. Okay. So, so number ten is actually City Lights. That's what that's what put me onto that. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so it's got a ninety-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's a great movie. It was it was a lot. Um, the Artist in two thousand eleven. I've heard I very good things about that one. I think that also got like a bunch of Academy Awards yeah. as well. Yeah. I I have not seen that. Yeah. 1977, Annie Hall with Woody Allen and Diane Keaton. Then his girl, his his girl Friday. I'm assuming this this is where that uh, phrase comes from. Yeah, yeah. The 1940 Friday, movie, yeah. Cary Grant, uh, Russell and Russell. It's funny we got both uh, Hugh Grant in a lot of these and Cary Grant in a lot of the older ones. <laughs> so are they? They're are not they related, related, are they? I don't think so. Grant, I, Grant is a common thing. Uh, I'm gonna Google it. Are 
Cary Grant. And George Clooney related? What the heck? That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Are Cary Grant and Hugh Grant related? Um, no. <laughs> Grant is a pretty common. Um, so, so a lot of the ones on, that are top on, on Rotten Tomatoes are older. So Lady Eve from 1941. Number five is Crazy Rich Asians. Wow. Number four, Roman Holiday from 1953. Number three, Philadelphia Story, which I, I'm intending to watch. Uh, Catherine Hepburn, Cr- Cary Brandt, Jimmy Stewart. Um, so I am intending to watch that. It is on HBO Max. I, I do actually want to go watch it. Number two, The Big Sick, which was uh, Kumail, uh, Kumail Nanjani. Um, that is a great film. Yeah, and I, it's based off his actual, like it's it's yeah. based off his actual it's, it's, romance. Yeah, um, yeah, like with, how uh, he started dating his wife. Yeah, so that and then the very the number one is It Happened One Night. Clark Gable, Claudette Colbert, Walter Connolly, Jason Thomas, directed by Frank, Frank Capra. 1934. Mm. So I, I do want to go. It, it says Frank Capra's seminal screwball comedy. I'm, I'm sold. I, I love screwball comedies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, and I, that was another one where I looked for it and I could not find it streaming anywhere. So I'm going to have to um, finagle it. But so a lot of the top ones on Rotten Tomatoes are much older. So if I scroll down. Um, so, so, the corner, so the shop in the corner that is was, based on a French play called The Perfumery, which is what You've Got Mail. You've got mail. I was about to say, because it was called The Little Shop in the Corner. I, I just I just noticed that. And that had Jimmy Stewart in it. Um, yes, yes, that's that's why they named the uh, the bookstore the shop around the corner. Yeah, number fifteen, Princess Bride, Groundhog Day, number nineteen. That was a fun movie. Although he, Groundhog he, Day is not I, a I, 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 I romance. That yeah, that's yeah. The, see, that's the thing. So the IMDb is a little, or the Rotten Tomatoes is a little more loose. I would agree. I don't <laughs> think that's a rom com. I watched it anyways because it was on this list and I enjoyed it. Oh, first time I ever watched it. Seen Groundhog no, Day? I hadn't. Oh, it was a fun so movie. Bravo! But yeah, we've not seen it. It was not primarily about that romance. It was about him being hot. Man, he killed himself a lot. That was pretty uh, brutal. <laughs> Broadcast news I've heard great things about. Uh, couldn't find it. What mm-hmm. is Lake Kitty Kaka? <laughs> that was... <laughs> <laughs> that that spoke to me. That was hilarious. So, yeah. So, I, you know, how... How would you... How do you feel about the box office versus the Rotten Tomatoes? Is that... Uh, you agree, disagree? There are some you think should be I think like, it's, up there. It's hard, also, just because I'm hearing half of these, and definitely, like, I would have never thought that that uh, the one you just mentioned, Groundhog Day, was a rom com in a million years. Yeah. But also, when it gets that broad, you, you really have trouble how to judge it because you're like, well, mm-hmm. Groundhog Day is I would put it up there with some of the best comedies I've ever watched, certainly, because I'm a huge Bill Murray fan, and I think almost all of my top five, ten comedies are like primarily all Bill Murray movies. Right. <laughs> However, I wouldn't have even considered it for a rom-com. So it's really hard for me to look at that list and say, oh, there should be these on there. Because if I'm thinking about it in that spectrum, I just want to name every Bill Murray movie and say these are the best. But it's, right, right. And, and then there are also really good <laughs> romantic movies that I wouldn't think would make the comedy cut. And like I think The Notebook's a great movie, but I don't think it's a comedy by any means. So it, I think I'm having more trouble just finding out it sounds like more of these are more on the comedy side, and it's more la- lax on the on the romantic side. It's more like these are comedies. If there's any yeah. kind of romantic yeah. theme at all to follow, then, then, then it's then a rom com. Right? And in that case, I would put, you know, I would think about it in more comedy terms. And yeah. again, I wouldn't yeah. put other Bill Murray movies like uh, The Man Who Knew Too Little is one of my favorite movies ever. And it's, it, but it's it not about that romance, right? It's, it's really the, not about the romance, the but it's not point. about the romance any more than. Groundhog Day is right, so I would agree with you. I wouldn't, or I wouldn't. even like Ghostbusters with him yeah. trying to romance Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, right. so I yeah, so that 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 that's where I would draw the line. That's why I say, for me to for it to be a rom com, the romance has to be like a driving plot point. Right, I think that's a um, good measuring stick. Yeah. So when I hear those those box office ones, 
I think I just have trouble thinking yeah, they're, they're, what else I, makes it I, I in think there. they're casting too broad a net. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what I guess if I, want, is if I want to bring in, you know, my number one pick, yeah, I think that 500 Days of Summer deserves a higher spot on a rom-com yeah. list just because no. Now, it was just really well done. I will say both, not both, the uh, Kenneth Branagh Much Ado and the Joss Whedon Much Ado are on this top 200 list, and I agree with both of them because they're both fantastic. The, the Kenneth Branagh has Kenneth Branagh, Denzel Washington... Keanu, like it's star-studded. It's oh amazing. yeah, it's a it's a great film. It's amazing, and the Joss Whedon one is also amazing. What what I love about the Joss Whedon one is they basically just put the play on in his house. But there's like no set dressing. There's no they're just wearing normal clothes. But they're doing they do the entire play start to finish um, with scene changes. Uh, but <laughs> the the people and much ado hinges on who plays Benedict and who plays Beatrice. They have to both be good and they have to both have good chemistry. I think in both of those, um, so in in, in Kenneth Branagh's, um, it was the people who played Benedict and Beatrice were married, I think. Oh, there you go. 500 Days of Summer is number 73. So quit whining. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so <clears throat> yeah, some of these, I, I think... I think these these lists are casting a little too broad in there. But it is interesting that the rom-com is kind of as old as film is. So you, you mm. have examples going back to science films. So I think it's it's a good... A romance is a good plot element to build stuff around. And you can have heart, a movie with heart and still have it be funny. I, I think it's I think it's a good pairing. Because, you know, I think two things... is two feel-good things that, that go together well. So, you know, laughter and love... Um, Mesh, mesh well, like a, it's a it's a it's a natural genre to work in. Uh, let's move on to and I think we'll close out with this tropes and cliches. Oh. So, and I want to talk about both positive ones because I think there are some positive things, um, and obviously there are some negative ones. And obviously these have shifted over the years. Again, we're talking about a genre that again has existed since at least since the 30s mm-hmm. and up, up to today. So. Well, and I, I, would, I would even argue if you want to get real technical and you want to go back into theater, like, no, I mean... I don't. But but it is funny how many of the rom-coms are, are uh, adaptations of shit. It's a lot. Right, uh, that's, that's, lot. that was my point. Like, you, you have much to do about nothing. You have 10 things ahead about you, which is on the Taming of the Shrew. Oh, and Nathaniel, I thought of an answer. A rom-com that I, I don't like is uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. Okay. So you you don't like My Best Friend's Wedding? No, I don't. And just because Julia Roberts is selfish, and I don't like that I can't root for the main character. Okay. Like, that's supposed to be the person we're supposed to root for, and I I can't do that because I think she's being selfish. Yeah, yeah. Big move. Yeah, I I find it hard to enjoy movies where the main character is unlikable. I Just in general. Just in general. Right. All right, so let's talk about tropes, cliches, things that are commonly found in rom-coms. I think one of the... I'll start with the positive. Let's start with the positive. So I think one of the positive tropes in uh, rom-coms is the romance. I think in general, you have a positive portrayal of you can find a lasting romance with a partner that's built on trust. Now, Italy, a lot of these rom-coms do have some point where one or the other partners breaks the other's trust in a lot of rom-coms. Even if, you know, sometimes it's misunderstandings. But, um, I mean, like, that happens a, a lot in rom But, you know, I, I think... the end here. Yeah. Just try to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, but, but, you know, I think I think people can be really cynical about romance mm-hmm. um, and about love. Who, who love, right? But I, I think a lot of rom-coms portray a, a very positive picture of finding someone you 
truly love and spending the rest of your life with them. Unless horrible things happen like a pet. <laughs> right. No, it's true. I actually think that there is a pretty heavy aspect in most rom-coms because as the audience, you obviously know that there is a, there is a couple that is, you know, quote-unquote meant to be. And so you know they're going to end up together. And it's not like real life where finding that is the hard part or you don't necessarily know if that person with is who you're supposed to be with and you constantly you know, have that dilemma. In these movies, you all, you already know. And so it's 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 honestly, it, it's got the Christian themes of I'm going to love you, you know, through the thick and the thin. It's not yeah. like most all rom-coms have an element of like a character making a mistake or both characters making mistakes and both of them having to exercise forgiveness in some way. Um, because they're attempting to love in an unconditional fashion. That's great. You know, like, I think that element is really good. I think if you were to take the aspects of, like, traditional, like, Christian love, which is truth and love, where you, like, like the idea is that you need to love someone with, like, acceptance and, like, the feeling love, but also with truth and, and like, and bringing forth truth and, and the desire to to change and better at things yeah. and speaking truth into each other's lives yeah. and that aspect is usually not there usually it's just the feeling like hey well i know i'm supposed to be with you because i really really like you and yeah. it's like oh i'm just following this feeling and so yeah that part's a little fluffy but the idea that i like like i know that you're the person i need to be with and therefore i need to sacrifice for you is a pretty cool theme and i think that you find in a lot of yeah rom-coms yeah and 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 you know i think you even though it doesn't say this in so many words. I think it does touch on the idea of there being a higher order of love than just romantic love. Because it does like, uh, like in When Harry Met Sally, and he's like saying, saying you know, I, I love these things and lists all these things that are not positives, but he's like, this is who you are and I mm -hmm. love you for who you are, even though these things about you really irritate me. Because I think a lot of times people, especially you know, today, people are like, and, and again, this, is, this would be the negative side of this, which I, I think you see less in rom-coms and more in, in a lot of other things, is, oh, okay, for like, you got male, mm -hmm. you've got male as an example, right? They're in miserable relationships, and so they're actively pursuing something better because it's like, they're looking for, right, uh, they're seeking their best interests in terms of romantic love. So they're like, oh, if I if I feel more attracted to this other person, then I need to cut bait with this with this relationship or even, you know, keep that on keep that on the line to continue the fishing analogy until I see whether this is worthwhile or not. But I think that's the negative side is they fall into that. Whereas, you know, I think I think the really good rom-coms push on the no, I love you cuz I love you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, regardless of how it started or where we've been, you know, I'm I'm here for the long haul. Yeah. So, actually is Actively trying to restart her connection. This is why internet stuff is tricksy. So I think one of the big names. I, I yeah. I'm, we actually get back to this negative. Um, I think one of the things is now. Okay, so I have to be honest. I'm speaking with essentially zero experience in this area, <laughs> but it does seem like a lot of these rom coms. And you know, I guess it's because. And this is one of the things I enjoyed about when Harry met Sally because it didn't do this. A lot of these rom coms, people meet and they're like, "Now I'm in love." Right. And and this was and this was one of my beefs with. Um, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. I can still hear you guys. Oh my gosh, you can still hear us? Hooray! Okay, we can hear you. That's all that's important. And I just kicked her out. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't... Okay, I can hear you again. Okay, I can hear you. Okay. All right. We good so... now? Yes. So did you hear Did you hear what we just said about that? Yes, I, I heard most of that, I most think. Of that. Uh, you were talking. You were talking about the negative. The, yeah, the negative um... side. The, you know, the positive and negative side of the, the portrayal of love that... Sometimes they get close to to talking about unconditional agape love, and even mm -hmm. you know, display that even though they probably wouldn't 
use that those terms. But they also, right. I think, a stumbling block. Negative side is they emphasize overemphasize romantic love, saying, "Well, you know, if this person makes you feel way, then mm-hmm. you can negate these relationships, regardless of what sort of commitment." Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that that's a that's a really good distinction to make. And rom coms tend to focus on the, in general, um, mm-hmm. tend to focus on the um, more. Uh, like romantic aspects like how you make me feel or whatever mm-hmm. I think a really good example of a rom-com that um, does more of the agape style like selfless like you know seeking the good of the other person kind of love uh, Meet the Browns actually does that really well um, have either of you seen Meet the Browns? no uh, I haven't no I've never heard of it okay so, so uh, Angela Bassett, you need to go watch it because it's Angela Bassett uh, for one thing. But uh, Angela Bassett plays a uh, single mother. Um, her son, she has a son and a daughter, I believe. It's been a while since. I've only seen it one time and it's been quite a while. The son uh, excels in basketball. Uh, he uh, ends up catching the interest of um, a, a coach uh, who uh, used to play professionally. And so, uh, anyway, she ends up falling in love with the coach and he falls in love with her and then i i forget exactly what causes the conflict but um basically she gets the impression that oh he's just in this to make money off my son as as like to act as functionally as like an agent for him to get him to play professional ball when she finds out later that no that he is actually here just as an advisor to your son uh, sorry i should have said spoiler alert uh, to all of you who have not watched Meet the Browns. But basically, he he goes, he, he knows things are on the rocks with her. He may never get her back, but because he cares so much about her and her son and helping them to, because that, that's the other thing is they're in a very like impoverished situation. He cares so much about helping them rise up out of that, that he agrees to stay on as like, as an advisor to her son before he signs with this with the NBA at, at no charge like it, like he's not doing it to better himself he's doing it because he cares about her and her family when she learns that that completely changes the int- that's like the the pivot of the film like towards the end it was really I I personally found it very emotionally impactful um, because you don't see stuff like that very often that's wonderful especially like when- there are like lots of high stakes there. So anyway, um, Meet the Browns, um, I think, does a really great job of that. So, I, you know, uh, here's here's a trope slash cliche, cliche that uh, uh, will probably put us firmly in the prude camp. The sex. <laughs> I find it obnoxious. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think When Harry Met Sally is a great example of this because, you know, Mike Wazowski's Billy Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> She's out of our hair. Billy Crystal's whole thing like, oh, men and women can't be sex. Can't be sex. Men, <laughs> men and women can't be sex because the friends get in the way. They can't be sex. <laughs> I think that's a very bad way of saying you got cock blocked? I don't know. Um, men and women can't be friends because the sex gets in the way. And that's like, the point of that movie is that that's not true for them. They become friends for a long time um, and then they fall in love. And that's why, and that's one of the reasons why he freaks out so much when they have sex because he's like, I, you know, is this going to affect our friendship? Um, you know, this this is changing the relationship. But um, that idea that you, oh, you can't have male and female characters with a deep, meaningful relationship unless they're banging or intending to bang. Right. 
right and now. I find that ridiculous. And that's that's just a very common theme in all of Hollywood. Yeah, and that and I think that's also oh, like yeah, the yeah. problem. The big problem you get when and we've talked about this before. Don't get a lot of guy uh, guy girl friendships or guy like even at this point even guy even guy, guy, friend, guy yeah. friendships friendships or, or girl, girl girlfriend girl. friendships because. The, the whole idea is, well, if you do like someone that much, why can't you be sexually intimate, even if you're a guy and a guy, or a girl and a girl? And it's like, oh, well, that's not why I don't like it. It's it's because it's because you can't even depict good friendships, you know? Like, yeah. And, and they struggle yeah. with that um, just because they see sex as being what makes it a relationship. Like, oh, you haven't had sex yet. I mean, that that is really the depiction, is that, oh, if you're just, like, you're just, you know, going out and kissing and, like, you're just you're just somebody you're interested in. you're not anything until you have sex. and like that's and it's such a yeah it really is an unhealthy thing and it's and it's funny i wouldn't say it's funny but it's crazy how numb we are to seeing it just because yeah you think of all the even the tv shows that you really like i mean even something like the office which is you know i would i wouldn't particularly say is overly sexual at all it's very flippant you know when a character's like oh you slept with angela it's like oh my gosh and it's like oh wow that was that's getting thrown around pretty easily. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's just this thing that gets thrown around. Where in real life, I would just see that it's so abrasive. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and and it, it 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 is it is funny when you you go back and rewatch stuff. And you're like, I don't remember there being this much accident. Which is funny because because you know, generally parents are kind of not uh, down on those sorts of things. They're, they're just kind of like, well, we can't watch this with kids. Mm-hmm. It's funny going back through, and they're always like, oh, you shouldn't be watching this. this. Going back mm-hmm. and watching Frasier my parents and it's like every single episode is <laughs> sex centralized it is now don't get me wrong it is hysterical Frasier <laughs> is hysterical mm-hmm. but it's it's just it's it's so rampant that you stop noticing it um mm. until you go back and you're looking for it like because because it's something you don't it's one of those things where on the second watch through when you're looking for ancillary stuff um because you already know what's going on primary so you can kind of watch what else is going on you notice like oh this this thing yeah it's, it's interesting that um you've got mail which is yeah. kind of yeah. revered as like one of the best if not the like most quintessential rom-com ever tom hanks and meg ryan don't have sex in that movie yep yep well, i you know one of the things i liked about it it was it was yeah i thought that i thought that's that's really interesting to think about where the majority of these rom-coms yeah like like oh we slept together and you know now now i'm like whoa is this is this a thing now or what what's happening blah 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 whereas you've got mail it's all about them getting to know each other like who that person really is on the inside versus um, just a physical relationship i think of, i think of all the rom-coms i watched in preparation for this other than city lights very poignant ending oh, it was great definitely recommend that one other than city <laughs> lights i think the only rom-com that didn't other than you've got mail that didn't have the characters with each other at some point during the film, was the things I hate about you. It's true, yeah. Which hey, points to points to the things I hate about my, you. My mom is really into dramas now. <laughs> uh, has she watched Crash Landing on You? I no, don't ask, ask me her. The names. Ask her about that one because okay. that's the one uh, Naomi and mom are way into. Well, she also likes movies too, like the Korean movies, like love movies. But one of the main things she likes about it is because there's hardly like there's. There is very little, like, I mean, not very little, but like, there is not a whole lot of physical intimacy. Like, 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 usually it's like a kiss that happens at the end. 
finally so much tension built up it's almost like you, you watch like you know animes where it's like the guy's always nervous and the girl's overly like in love and very expressive of that the guy never wants to do anything and then even when he gets kissed he's like turning red and running away and like that it's kind of kind of like that feel to where it's it's all very much wrapped around these small little physical things, but like the emotion and everything is still built and, and done up really well. And I actually appreciate that aspect, although I just don't necessarily go for green dramas. Like I, I don't necessarily get into them. There, there, there is actually there's a really really cute, very short. I think it's like ten episodes uh, anime called My Love Story about this guy who's basically like giant and ugly. And falls in love with this cute girl, and it's like they're—it's both of their first time dating, and so she's talking with her friend, and she's, "I feel so lewd. I just want to hold his hand." And someone <laughs> on like Tumblr commented, "I bet you wanted to call him by your first name too, Yaho." <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I actually really like the anime. It's adorable. Oh, um, that's 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 hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that 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 made me hee haw laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for using that expression yes, yes. that apparently nobody on the planet uses. Nobody on the planet uses. Uh, well, it's you do, and now I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the sex. I don't think we need to harp on it anymore. But I, I find that yeah. obnoxious. It's it's just endemic in our culture. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. But you're right. I, I didn't think about it. But yeah, you've got mail. Didn't have that. So props props on you've got mail for making a great movie that didn't. Let's move on. Other other tropes slash cliches. I I I I'd mentioned the whole falling in love instantly, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, again, again, not speaking from an outsider's perspective, that just seems a little. Mm-hmm. Just given how much time it takes to form a friendship, I would think you mm-hmm. know a romance takes a similar amount of time. I mean, you can be attracted to someone on first glance. I I, okay. I buy that, uh, Hugh Grant. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but the idea of being like, ooh, that's a person I want to spend the rest of my life with, you know. Especially when I, I only buy that if looks are the only thing that matter to you, and if they are, you're not setting yourself up for a good relationship, right? Um, yeah, that's yeah. that. That's I, I, but I mean, for the purposes of like accelerating story, that's one of the things I liked about when Harry met Sally because it was this like twelve year period of this relationship um, with ups and downs. I think a lot of these have have um, not stellar gender pol- politics. Um, although the ones mm-hmm. the ones I watched were, were I you know I didn't notice anything too sinister or or offensive. What, what do you think, Ashley? Um, I honestly, I don't think I have seen enough rom coms to mm-hmm. like to, to make super a... comment on yeah. on that. I don't know uh, what what uh, what trope were we gonna dig into next? Because uh, well, I would like to talk about Hitch at some point because I know the three of us all really enjoy yeah. Hitch. Hitch was good. Oh, um, okay, here's so here's one common thread I noticed, and I don't know if this is necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like. Mm-hmm. Every single one is about the guy pursuing the girl. Mm-hmm. I think every single one, the guy was pursuing the girl. So I don't know. I, I, I are there rom coms where that's reversed? Um, that's a good question. Because I feel like yeah. Because I feel like generally the male takes the more active role in pursuit mm-hmm. in pursuing the the female. Um, which that sounded science journal that was that was the most sexless presentation of a rom-com ever the male pursues the female <laughs> the male stalks the male stalks <laughs> the male stalks his prey mm-hmm. uh, yeah I don't know I don't know if there are any good ones with the, the male uh, being pursued I'm sure there are that I'm just not I'm thinking. sure there are I mean the only one I can think of is my best friend's wedding and I already said I hated that one yeah so. yeah but that I mean for unrelated reasons um, yeah. So, so I think I think it does fall into the trope of 
the man pursues the woman. And you, I think most of these, okay, not in, uh, oh, I'm getting mixed up in my head. Not in Notting Hill. In Notting Hill, Hugh Grant is just like a regular bookstore owner, and she's like the really rich celebrity one. Um, mm-hmm. But in a lot of them, the man was in the more prominent position. Kate Leopold, a kind of an exception, but he's technically a duke. So, yeah, so, <clears throat> so those are those are some some things I noticed that I don't know are necessarily inherently bad, but it would be nice to to see those reversed again. In Notting Hill, Julia Roberts was the person in the position of power because she had the she she was the one with the wealth and the money and the prestige, and he was kind of a nobody who just ran a bookstore. Oh boy! But I I I I felt for him when when the one guy comes in and is like, "Do you have uh, you guys have Harry Potter? Uh, no, this is a travel bookstore. Oh." Yeah, the latest John Gresham novel? No, this is a... We, we have travel books. We sell travel books. Oh. Do you have... He's like, other guy, customer for you. I'm like, oh, I feel that, man. <laughs> oh. And then the, the funny thing is, like later in the movie, Julie Roberts comes comes back to the store. He the That same customer opens the door, and you Greg says, no, you leave right now. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, so that's one. And, and again, I don't think that's an inherently negative one. But mm-hmm. I, I do think it's interesting that at least among the ones I watched, which again, very broad genre, that was always the way it was for the... And I think in a lot of them, when the women was pursuing, like there were some there were some, some movies that have B-plots of the women pursuing it, and that's always the crazy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, I don't think that's an unfair point. I, I, I would definitely be interested to, uh, to do a little more research into that, because that, that's... Again, I don't think I've seen enough rom-coms right, to have really right. picked up on that aspect, but uh, that's that's definitely something worth um, worth looking into. So, um, thinking about, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just uh, I was just ready to move on to the next point. You know, you were talking about like uh, inversions. One of the things I think is really interesting about Hitch is most rom-coms, while yes, the 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 guy is doing the pursuing and things like that but uh, the woman is still the main character yes for the on, on the whole anyway right um hitch is is interesting because the main character of the rom-com is a guy yeah or two guys yeah yeah like like you have like the b plot with like uh albert brenneman uh which is which is interesting so i i, I like that and like you know le- talking about cliches hitch has uh, i remember when i first watched hitch not long after it came out and i, and I was like this has so many good lines and then it's i watched really it again funny. last year and i'm like these lines are corny af yes they are um, but they're so they're delivered so but, well you love it yes they're yeah you're like oh man yeah no like you know the the line about life's not how many breaths you take but how many moments take your breath away or whatever and, and like you could just go on and on about all of the cheesy corny lines that will smith delivers but yet he does it mm-hmm. so well like Will if Smith's you're not excellent. thinking about it, well, and, yeah, and no, his job is to deliver those corny lines in a way, like because he's he, that's his job. Like, that's oh yeah, practice. It's rhetoric. like the thing that everybody's like, oh my gosh, that's so stupid, and then like looks away and is like, oh, it's to hear. <laughs> like, every girl's not like, how the force works. Every girl's like, that's the corniest thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's say it again. <laughs> that's kind of like his character, and he yeah. does it so well. Yeah. Like it's it, it's hard even to imagine a character can pull something like that off. Like, you know, like man. Ah, yeah, he's he's just really good, man. I love Will Smith. Yeah. But, well, and 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 that's the thing. Like he, uh, the whole movie is about inversion and and how he he's coaching Albert Brenneman through all of these things. Like, oh, well, if you do this, this will happen, and if you do yeah. that, like you know, that's yeah. gonna make her think blah blah blah. And then in the end, everything that Allegra Cole loved about Albert was that was Albert or Alfred Albert. Yeah, yeah like 
Yeah, yeah. Like, the, all the things that she loved about him were all the things that, like, everybody else is like, dude, you are super awkward. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. all the things that had made him, like, made it more difficult for him to fit in or whatever. Like, she she loved all of those things about him. And so, in the end, it didn't matter. And and so the... And, the, and the that point... moment is a huge point for Will Smith's... For, for Hitch. Because he's been yeah. all about, like, I've done this so many times. This is how this works. You know, I've broken down the mind of a woman. I know how it operates. And then that moment where he's like, he's like, I love this, you know, the dance moves. And Hitch is like, mm-hmm. wait, that was all him. And that's what yeah. completely changes the paradigm for him. And then, and then he comes and starts choking it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, the, the best part of that movie is like, is when he's sitting there and he's, he's like, do you have a pen? Yeah. And his arm just reaches out, <laughs> puts the pen in his pocket, taps his pocket and moves back. And she just never, she's just like, um, who is that? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. But I loved Hitch. Well, and, and so I, I mentioned earlier, Hitch has perfect personal significance for me. And I, I, I feel like I may have shared this story with you guys and I, I can't. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but, um, before Ryan and I were dating Ryan, my husband, we uh, we were friends for a year and a half, and I really liked him, like, a lot. And I could not... I, I was really, really scared to put myself out there and to try to say, hey, I would like to be more than just your friend or whatever. I watched Hitch with, with a buddy of mine. She, she came over. We had a sleepover. It was really fun. She's like, hey, have you seen Hitch? I was like, no, I haven't seen Hitch. She's like, oh, girl, we're going to watch Hitch. So by the end of the film, I was like, wow. Like, he was operating from a place of fear all this time. And that's exactly what I'm doing because this is me. I'm Ashley. I process all of my emotions through the lens of fiction. Um, so by the end of that movie, like, I was like, man, I am like, I've got to do something differently. I was, I was, I was so afraid of making the wrong move. I wasn't making any move at all. And so not long after that, Ryan and I started dating through, uh, but for him, it was kind of a similar thing. Like we had this long talk about how we, no matter what, we always wanted to be to be friends but we and so like once we had kind of established that we were able to push forward with our relationship and so i mean we've been together since 2007 so like this is uh for me like hitch has that kind of emotional significance because i went through that process of being afraid and and not just being afraid of making our friendship awkward but also being afraid of being with the wrong person because i i'm i'm the i'm the kind of person like if I'm gonna date someone, like I this, I need to know that this could have the potential for longevity. Like I, I don't want to waste my time just dating around just to be dating. So anyway, Hitch was really good for me with yeah. that. That was a cool, so, like, <clears throat> emotional side. If I might comedically condense your story, yes. So you watch Hitch, do. and you're, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And your friend is like, Godspeed, Spider-Man. <laughs> so then you walk up to Ryan, and you're like, Hello there. And then uh, finally, you, you know, Ryan's like, That's wonderful. Your friend is like, we got him, R2. And you're like, <sighs> and the rest is history. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's it's really funny because uh, y'all know me, I'm very extroverted and chatty or whatever, and I would get so nervous around Ryan, like I would finally go up and I would say hi, and then I would kind of awkwardly stand there and then just walk away. So <laughs> I would be like, what did you say? <laughs> And the whole, hello there. Hello there. <laughs> yes. That's hello basically there. all I said to him for a while. <laughs> oh, dear. 
when you finally got it. Bing pot. <laughs> All right, so we we run very long. So we're back, baby. We're back. We I back. do actually. I have a retraction to issue. Oh. When we talked about the ending of Watchmen, I went back and reread Watchmen, and it mm-hmm. does end. It actually does end with Doctor Manhattan leaving, but it, in the movie, it's because uh, he's like, oh, "I caused the accident, psych," and then dives out of there. In the mm-hmm. in the movie in the comic book, it's because he realizes there's nothing left for him to him to accomplish on Earth. He's yeah. quote unquote moved beyond humanity. So even though he's not getting blamed for it, he's still like, this is a good point. This is, this is you know, I'm I'm done everything I want to do on Earth. I'm leaving now to just do whatever he does. And then another thing that they didn't, which I don't know how you would capture this, is this idea that he uh, perceives time all simultaneously. So he's right. talking, there's like the scene where he first goes to Mars. He's narrating it and he's like, 10 seconds from now, I'm dropping this. Five minutes ago, I'm doing this. It's 1967 and this is happening. So it, I don't know how you do that in a film. But that, but yes, I made an error. Doesn't change my opinion at all. Didn't change a thing. But I was, <laughs> I was wrong in that one small detail. I was right about everything else. So, you know what? Mm-hmm. A ninety-five percent is an A. So I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that for us. Uh, again, rom-com, huge genre. Let us know uh, if there are any rom-coms that you love that you hate. Something that you that's called a rom-com that you're like, that's not a rom-com. Something that isn't a rom-com that you're like, that is a rom-com. We didn't touch on animated movies, Swan Princess. That's a rom-com. Arguably Beauty and the Beast. I said this this is the uh this is the basically the uh rom-com version of yeah. is Die Hard a Christmas movie. Um we 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 will we we're definitely going to get into that at some point. But I would argue it's not for the same reason I would argue Scott Pilgrim is a rom com. It's about um, the central intention no, Die Hard I think is a movie that has happens to happen at Christmas. But it happened anywhere mm-hmm. else would have still been Die Hard. Mm-hmm. If it can take place mm-hmm. at a time that's not Christmas and it doesn't change anything, then it's not a Christmas movie. The Grinch taking place at uh, Halloween makes no sense, right? There is that's an animated movie. feature called Halloween is Grinch Night. Yes, but that's uh, separate. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Yeah, it is different. It's not it saying different. the Grinch no, can't I, I, enjoy I, I, Halloween. Uh, anyways, don't want a tangent. Um, so if you want to get in contact with us, uh, hit us up with a me. Uh, you you send us something actually, but since you're here, you can just say it. Uh, it was about uh, Marissa Tomei and uh... Uh, yes, yes, yes. The uh, so the the extra layer of funny in the um, Tom Holland Spider Man films is that Marissa Tomei and uh, Robert Downey Jr. acted opposite each other in several rom coms in the early '90s, uh, but they also dated for a short time. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. So you can email us, <laughs> dearlydebated at gmail.com. You can uh, send us a tweet at dearlydebated. Uh, Ashley, how can people get in touch with you? All right. A few different ways you can talk to me. You can tweet me at the nerdy blogger. You can like my Facebook page at facebook.com slash the nerdy blogger. You can read my writing on two different sites. I have a weekly column on fangirlish.com called Wayback Wednesday, where I review one retro film a week. And, Demolition, um, and, and admits that Demolition Man is the greatest film of all time. Uh, nope. And then uh, you can also read read my writing on um, popcultureretrorama.com, where I write about slightly old things. And right now, mostly the Marvel Gargoyles comic book series from 1995. Gregory. Yes, you can uh, find me on Facebook, at Chapter One Films. You can also uh, check out my website, chapter1films.biz. You can email me, greg at chapter1films.biz. And also, uh, me and Nathaniel produce a little cooking show, The Kitchen Chemist, and you can find us all over the place, but check out YouTube. Uh, the Kitchen Chemist, we are pretty much the first result there. 
We are. And yeah. We are the first. We are the first result. When we started, there was another kitchen chemist that had two subscribers. But we <laughs> have far surpassed them. They're those foolish. And they were like, <laughs> there were some weird like homeopathy CBD. Thing. They, it was lame. Yeah, we got an episode on eggs that should be up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weekend of, as we're recording, the on the twenty first, uh, the twenty first of January. So that that'll be up this weekend. Uh, I put some stuff on a million dollars to you. Uh, Monopoly money. If you can uh, identify the song reference I make at the very beginning of the episode, uh, <laughs> the, ah, eggs. That's a song reference that nobody but Ethan will get because he's the only other person who's heard that song. Uh, yeah, so you can find me at Holy Golem, uh, and of course we we until next time, you guys, keep having fun out there. I, I you know I I think rom com is a nice like it's a feel good genre. Definitely, I, definitely a fun movie. And I'm gonna keep Certainly watching so them. I'm gonna keep watching them yeah. because see that the buckles on these shoes. Why I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> no. No, no. Reason, All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. All right, everyone. Take care. I think you like me. You want to kiss me. Love me and marry me. <laughs> <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.